for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Emily Faye. How's it going today, Emily? Hello. Good, thank you. Yeah, good. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you. Uh, Rachel reached out, to, reached out to me, Oh, what was it, back in April, I want to say, about trying to get you on the podcast, and then I lost the email as I typically do <laughs> and then last week i was like wait i've got a sunday open who do who do i have and then i saw uh you pop up in my spreadsheet of people that i needed to contact and i was like oh she's got a single coming out perfect that just works so and yeah that, that's kind of how that one worked out but uh, amazing really, it was meant to be <laughs> yes, absolutely so i'm really excited to sit down and chat with you get to know more about you and uh, yeah, just kind of go around the world. That is uh, this crazy thing that we call music. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into your new single that dropped on Friday and all the fun stuff that you're doing, uh, kind of take this minute to introduce yourself to everybody that's uh, just getting to meet you for the first time, kind of a brief introduction into who you are and what you're about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So my name is Emily Fay, and I'm from the UK and I'm a singer songwriter. Songwriting is one of my favorite things to do ever. Um, and yeah, I've released maybe 12 or 13. I think this is the 13th songs now over the, the course of maybe five years. And yeah, I'm still kind of trying to decide which kind of what my sound is going to be. But cu currently it's a blend of um, country pop. So, yeah. Yeah, that's me really in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. So who uh first since yeah, well who uh first introduced you to music? Uh gosh, so when I was a kid, my dad made me a mixtape with some of his favorite songs on. And I remember there being this one song that I loved. And it was when I had like a little Walkman. He'd got mm -hmm. me like a Walkman. Yeah. This maybe shows how old I am, maybe now. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I had this Walkman, I had this mixtape that he'd made me and one of my favorite songs ever was on it. So there was like Fleetwood Mac, there was the sweet, like there was anything from, from country to rock to pop to like, there was kind of everything on there. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one was um, a song called Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole. And I just remember listening to that song over and over. Um, but yeah, classically, they did say to me, mum and dad said, I just used to sing instead of talking, I'd sing. Um, so I just feel like I've just loved music my entire life, really. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I remember the Walkmans. I don't think I ever had a Walkman as a kid. Mm. I kind of skipped that and went straight to the Discman, which is... Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but I remember yeah, I think a lot I only... of... Remember a lot of friends having the Walkman, so. Yeah, I think I literally only had it for like one year or something. And then yeah. the disc one came out, so I switched. But I just will never forget this this mixtape with some amazing songs on it. <laughs> it's, I remember in grade school, I had a, uh, a like a stereo that I would take CDs. And because yeah. this was before you could like burn CDs. So you had to take the CDs oh my gosh. and copy it over into a disc so you, or a, a, um, a cassette tape. <laughs> And so it was like my way of making mixtapes, but it was one of those things where it would take you legit for like as doing mixtapes mm -hmm. would, but yeah, it was a, I, I remember those days, good times. So yeah. Yeah. Good times. Awesome. awesome. Um, so, uh, kind of at what point did you start exploring your own musical journey? What, um, where did you kind of start picking up I'm assuming it was guitar that you started playing on? Or? Uh, piano I started yeah. on actually. Yeah. So when I was seven, I had piano lessons and um, I used to hate practicing. I used to really hate practicing, but I loved my lessons. And uh, when I was about 12, my piano teacher said to me, basically I was doing the grades. So I did like grade one and two. And then, and then I really got so nervous in the grades that I would mess up and play something wrong and have to start again. And it was just, I just remember that being really horrible. Like this examiner sitting with you, I just hated it. So I started um, 
kind of saying to my teacher, I don't really want to do grades anymore. They're too, you know, it's too much. Yeah. It's too pressurizing. Anyway, and then, um, so then he said, oh, why don't you go home and write a song then? And I was like, okay. And then I came back the next week with two. Then he took me into the studio. We recorded them. And um, that was literally when my songwriting started. And I just kind of used it as my diary for my teenage years. Because at the end of the day, usually you start songwriting because you've got something you need to get out, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened with me, really. Awesome. So when you started, when you first got that assignment to go home and write a song because you were kind of tired of the structure that was... Um, I'm going to just call it music class in general. Yeah. Um, who were you, who did you listen to or how did you kind of construct the song? Did, were you just kind of guessing or were you listening to certain things to kind of get a feel for how to do this? No, I, I literally knew four, you know, I, I chose four chords on the piano. I just kind of played around the piano with what sounded good. And then mm-hmm. I just wrote how I was feeling. So okay. like, my first song was like the chorus was like is it something special are we meant to be is it something special does he really love me literally that times two was the chorus (laughs) um it was you know it was a song but um obviously i was having boy trouble at the time maybe um but yeah i can't really remember to be honest who that was about but yeah i think um it's just the trials and tribulations of the teenage world and navigating love and all of these emotions that you go through like being a teenager is so mm. hard and that just gave me a complete release a safe place to put my emotions and i guess i was obviously feeling really creative and i was mm. just kind of letting it letting it all out you know yeah. at the same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I don't have to ask if you remember your first song because you did. <laughs> oh. It was another one. The other one after that was like something like, I'm your Mary Jane Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> something mega cringe like that. Hey, oh, I, yeah. I'm assuming the Spider-Man movie may have just come out i think or... so yeah i think i'd watched it we'd we'd rented it from blockbuster oh, good yes. times yes. with my with my dad and brother so yeah i think that had just come out so i wrote about that but yeah just crazy that's awesome <laughs> i love it so much that's amazing <laughs> um so uh you, you go through this first uh we'll call it an assignment of writing a yeah. song and you come back with two what was the feedback and where do you kind of go from there Yeah, so I think he was quite shocked that I'd come back with these two full songs. And to be honest with you, if I'm going to self-critique them, the melodies were good. Mm -hmm. The lyrics were terrible. Um, But for the first songs that I ever wrote, they weren't, they weren't, you know, as bad as some songs might be. (laughs) So, yeah, so he, uh, my piano teacher was so encouraging and he basically took me into a recording studio and we recorded them. So I've, I've literally got them on CD somewhere. Um, and yeah, and then I also performed them at the, like the piano teachers. Um, he did like a concert every year mm. and I performed them with a bass player and a drummer at okay. his concert, which was very cool. And they were session musicians. And they were amazing. Um, and then there was me playing piano and singing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. Good uh, and then you, you, so you do that and uh, where, where do you kind of go from there? Do you continue taking classes to learn like the basic music theory and how to write and all that stuff yeah so then I started singing lessons and then I also um I heard this artist here in the UK called Holly Rogers Mm -hmm. uh I got given her CD from my auntie and she's a Cornish artist and this was when I was about 14 Mm -hmm. um and she played guitar and sang so then I was like right I'm gonna play guitar as well so then I self-taught myself some chords on guitar Mm -hmm. um I just used my mum's like old classical guitar and then um one Christmas I got my first guitar for Christmas and yeah and that's when my writing kind of went over to guitar um I kind of do a bit of both now but guitar you can take anywhere with you whereas obviously it's a bit harder to lug a piano or a keyboard yeah uh so yeah so that's when when you know writing on guitar was born as well when I was about 13 14 um so yeah yeah just carried on writing really I think I just really enjoyed the the outlet yeah for sure you know you're not the first musician to tell me that they switched from piano to guitar so they could like move around a little bit easier because yeah even a keyboard like oof those things are Brutal. yeah yeah so. totally and especially if you want to travel by plane and stuff it's a little bit easier to bring a good i mean Definitely. on an airplane it's not easy to bring a guitar anyways but it's yeah. easier than a keyboard so 
Yeah, or if you know, you know, if you know how to play guitar, there's always somebody who has a guitar you can borrow wherever yes. you go. You know, there's always a guitar knocking around somewhere. <laughs> and there's not always a piano or a no. keyboard anywhere. So no, exactly. <laughs> so uh, you, you go through this process and you start, you transition over to playing guitar and all that stuff. Where, where do things kind of go from there? Do you, is this like right around the time you start releasing the ride or where does the ride come into? Gosh, no, the ride, uh, the ride was about a long time after that. So I didn't actually like release any music until I was at uni. So mm-hmm. I went to, um, I went to BIM London, which mm-hmm. was called Tech Music School for a couple of years when I first went, and then it changed over to BIM London. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically like a music uni. And I, I did a year, so right from school, so I was 18, mm-hmm. and I did a year in vocals. So that was learning songs, singing them with a band and all of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and learning how to harmonize and everything. And then I did three years um, of a degree of songwriting. And I think it was the last year or maybe the year before that. Yeah. I released um, the ride with my good mm-hmm. friend, Elliot Joseph. Yeah. We basically just wrote that song together uh, on our first ever writing session. And oh, then well. I was like, cool, let's do it. Let's release it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we we skipped over a whole bunch there. I thought maybe we were transitioning smoothly into the ride. (laughs) So, uh, so before you did that, you were just kind of doing cover songs or were you still writing and then just kind of trying to figure out what you wanted to write? Like what what was the thought process in between transitioning from guitar Mm -hmm. to releasing the ride? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of learning. So I was writing all the time and doing some covers gigs in the local pubs and stuff before I went to uni. Mm -hmm. And then, then I went to uni and I was learning, learning music, you know, learning the theory, learning how to harmonize, how to write better songs, how to write a better structure, um, what the most important thing is to consider when writing Mm -hmm. a song. Um, And basically all of those and meeting all the people that I needed to meet uh, for when I left and was in the music world. Right. So mm. basically the connections I made at that university were just the the main thing I took out of that mm-hmm. was like the people that I've met. They're still in my band today, you know, all the people I met at uni. So yeah, it's just, um, it was just so valuable having that connection. Um, and yeah, throughout my time at uni, I was still writing, performing at songwriters nights, open mics, all of that kind of thing. Mm. So they really encouraged that. Um, and then, yeah. And then when it was kind of, I was like, oh, you know, my final project in university was to write and really, well, didn't release it, but submit to my mm-hmm. uni board. Yeah. Um, I had to write and release an album. So we did that. I wrote and released, wrote, recorded, released, or didn't release, but yeah. submitted an album. And uh, yeah, and just carried on basically writing the whole time I was at uni and working with different people and a guitarist that was in my band and mm-hmm. you know he was coming up with all these epic riffs and uh and I was writing to them and yeah it was just great it was great right. fun and so, um yeah uh, so this album you released it enough to qualify as a released album but then yeah pretty much yeah like- so yeah so I recorded eight tracks mm-hmm. uh with my friend Jake we recorded eight tracks with the band everything and I had to do like a written essay, mm. big written essay to go with it, yeah. critiquing what I'd do differently next time yeah. for my album. I had to do like the album artwork, everything like that. Um, and luckily the producer, Jake, he had to submit the same thing for his project because mm-hmm. he was doing the production course. So it just literally, I lucked out that we could work together on the project. Um, so yeah, so he obviously submitted to, submitted it for his on the production front and I did it for the songwriting front. So yeah, so that was kind of the next big thing I was working on. And I think you can still find some of the songs from that on YouTube, actually. We performed them um, around London and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but so yeah. you didn't end up re-releasing any of the songs later on down the road or are they still sitting in the back pocket to be revisited at some point? Yeah, I mean, some of them have like awesome uh, guitar riffs mm. and like really hooky stuff in them. Uh, so yeah, so I think I might maybe put them as basically my ultimate dream is to do an album one day. Mm. And I think I would love to do like a side A and a side B, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, or even just have like a secret 
um, vault of songs yeah. <laughs> um, from the past and future and stuff. If if they're if they're good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think I think they're great in terms of the riffs, but I think the lyrics and stuff that I'd written then could probably be changed and made a bit better now. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, they're sitting there. <laughs> it it always be interesting to go back and just see how the lyrics as they are kind of mm-hmm. matured over time and then how you'd yeah. go back in yeah, and reword them and whatnot, yeah. just because, you know, obviously as you get older, your perspective on things changing because these songs weren't ever officially released. You could go back and yeah. make them whatever you want them to be. Yeah, Especially totally. if there's points in the song that you really enjoy, like you'd mentioned a couple of them have really good guitar riffs or yeah. maybe some of them have a really cool hook or, you know, just whatever it is. So yeah, you know, that might be something cool to go back and look at down. Yeah, line. definitely. So, yeah. One day for sure. For sure. Awesome. awesome, awesome. <laughs> so then in 2016, you released your debut single. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, so from there, you're just kind of going through singles. You release an EP uh, here I am right in 2018. Yep. Uh, yeah. w- what was kind of the learning process going into releasing that EP? I know you had released an album in school. We had just talked yeah. about that, but what did you take away from that experience and how did you apply it to the EP in 2018? Oh gosh. Yeah. So the EP, uh, we actually recorded in Nashville and it was a complete different recording experience mm-hmm. to, to here in the UK in that here in the UK, you know, you spend a day doing the guitars, you spend a day doing the drums, you spend a day doing the bass or whatever, or a few days sometimes, depending on how many tracks you're doing. And then you spend a day doing the vocals and the backing vocals and all of that. So it's like a, if you're doing one track, say it's like a five or six day process for one track, or it can be, depending on how you do it. And in Nashville, they do it completely differently. They just, it was just incredible. So we spent one day in pre-production charting out the songs like chords and things for the session musicians we did three songs they came in um literally three hours all the music was done it was just the vocals that I needed to do the next day and I was Mm. just like what what like I can't believe it's done in three hours not three days three hours so that's how Nashville is Nashville is very just like time is money to them so yeah the more they can get done in a day the better Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I absolutely loved it I was just absolutely in awe of these players and it was just the most incredible experience I think they played like there's three songs say they Mm -hmm. played like one of them three times and the rest they got it in like one or two takes so it's just ridiculous and they all played as a band all together rather than doing each thing separately like we Mm -hmm. did here in the UK for the ride for example um they played it all together and I was just I was just in awe and then um yeah then we got home and I I recorded me for me which is the fourth track on there um we recorded that studio in in where was that south end on sea and just got that done kind of acoustic vibes Mm -hmm. Just to top it all off and yeah just madness absolute madness yeah. um you had yeah. to experience the magic of nashville firsthand was that oh my gosh it was incredible was that the first time you'd been to nashville or had you gone yeah. to nashville prior first time first time awesome. and i'd love to go back one okay. day you haven't been back <laughs> since no i haven't i was supposed to i was kind of toying with the idea of going back in 2020 because mm-hmm it was kind of the year I was basically, I'd like quit my part-time job that I was yeah. doing to go into music full-time mm-hmm. and then the pandemic kind of striped. So nice. obviously didn't get to do anything that I'd planned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. Nashville's cool. I'm actually, it's kind of funny how many UK artists come over to Nashville. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting. And, you know, just a lot of, a lot of similar stories to what you'd mentioned. They go in to record Usually mm-hmm. it's a couple of singles. It's not usually a full EP or whatever, yeah. just because money and whatnot. Obviously, you spent just spent a whole bunch of money to come over to Nashville. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and they're all in awe with how quickly it gets done. And it then it's like, well, these musician players are professionals. They do this all the time. And it's like yeah. they they can learn a song. They know how to learn a song. So it's mm-hmm. it's really cool oh, and yeah. interesting to watch. But um no, it, hopefully you do get to make it back to Nashville. Nashville is a cool spot. And I'm hoping that I get to Nashville within the next couple of months because it's nice. been 
over two years since I've been to Nashville, obviously with yeah. 2020 being what 2020 yeah. was. So yeah, uh, made things Not interesting this. for sure. So, <laughs> um, so you recorded, you just recorded that EP there and then you came back to the UK and uh, kind of recorded the rest of your music while you were in the UK. So like, yeah, yeah. So we did three tracks in Nashville and then mm -hmm. we did one of them um, back home mm -hmm. to kind of make it four track EP and then yeah, and then set about releasing that. And um, my, the single Open Road that got into Rolling Stone magazine, which was oh. epic. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my claim to fame now. <laughs> no, honestly, I can't believe that happened. My PR company basically sent me a message and they were like, we've got, you know, we've got this interview questions for you to answer for Rolling Stone magazine. And I was just, and they were like, but don't get too excited. It's just, you know, it might not happen. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I was, to be honest, I was so tired because I've been gigging. I've been doing like every festival yeah. that summer and I was just exhausted. Yeah. And so I answered these questions and I just got my mum like to check over them to make sure I didn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I sent them off and obviously they checked, my PR company checked them as well. Mm. Anyway, and then like a couple of days later, here's the link to Rolling Stones magazine. And I was like, what? And they were like, they liked your song. So, yeah. <laughs> so they chose to put you in. And I was like, what? What? I couldn't believe That's it. Awesome. So, yeah. We, we did that for a little bit on Live and Amplified. We, had a, we have a website and we're trying to get a digital, like digital thing going. Yeah. And so I was doing that for a little bit. And then I realized that a lot of the musicians just either didn't care or they weren't like, they're just giving me like super basic answers. So it's like, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's not really riveting reading. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's, so was this, um, Rachel that got this or was this a previous PR? No, company? it was a previous PR company called okay. Lime tree. I think they okay. work a lot with artists in the, U in the U S now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It was years ago. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and as I'm looking through your, uh, Spotify link here, I can't believe I missed this song because this is a saying I used to say <laughs> all the time. Sucks to be you. <laughs> I used to say that all the time in high school. And I can't believe I really? didn't pick that up as I was going through your playlist before you jumped oh, on brilliant. here. That's brilliant. Uh, amazing. So kind of fast forwarding a little bit, you, after you release the EP, you release some singles, 2020 mm -hmm. happens. And how does kind of 2020 change your musical journey? Yeah. Well, like I said before, it was the the year I was going to do music full time. So mm -hmm. music was going to be my only job. And I'd been working up to that for a long time. You know, I'd been I'd been making all the connections, going to all the networking nights, doing all the things you need to do in order to make that happen with original music. So this wasn't including any covers gigs or anything like that. Um, and yeah, I had this whole plan to record some new music to. Basically, I'm. Well, before the pandemic, I was like a serious planner. So I'd have like everything ready yeah. for the next year. So I'd be a year ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, yeah, the pandemic kind of taught me that that's not always possible yeah. to be such a planner. Yeah. So, yeah. So I I lost all my gigs, obviously, mm. um, and was kind of like, oh, what now? Yeah. So I, I actually started a social, it's like a social media um company mm -hmm. uh and that was literally how i survived the pandemic i basically wow. got some clients who needed help with their social media and or had to build them a social media presence from scratch or they they just don't have any time for it so they'd rather yeah. pay someone to do it yeah. so yeah that's literally how i survived the pandemic i just started that you know kind of as a side hustle to mm -hmm. music and yeah. yeah that that's what got me through basically um yeah. And obviously did loads of live gigs, loads of mm. live, um, live things, streaming. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So many, like everybody was doing that. Um, were you and doing I also, that on Facebook or were you doing that somewhere else? Facebook, Instagram, literally wherever anybody mm. wanted me to do it. I did it in some private groups, like, mm -hmm. cause they, cause like these exercise groups were, you know, these from home exercise groups were yeah. like putting on stuff to cheer people up so yeah. I was like doing some of those and yeah just kind of doing anything I could to keep the music going nice. um and obviously loads of zoom songwriting sessions as well mm. um, for sure was yeah. that something that you picked up while in Nashville was the songwriting sessions or is that something you'd been doing prior to that songwriting yes yeah. so I started songwriting sessions like with co-writes with other people yeah yeah, yeah. A, a, 
a bit before Nashville. Yeah. So I, I obviously did some in Nashville when I was there. Mm-hmm. And then before that I did, um, maybe a year or two before that I started writing with other people. So yeah. one of my friends, Jake Morell, I remember messaging him like, um, Hey, you probably don't know me and you probably get this all the time, but do you want to do a writing session? And then he replied saying, yeah, of course, that sounds great. You know, and I was so shocked and I was like, okay, cool. And then, <laughs> then I picked him up to go for <laughs> the first writing session. This was like 2017. Mm-hmm. And I had just moved to Guildford at that time. And I, I just like drove like round this roundabout four times. Cause I couldn't remember which exit I had to go off to get home. <laughs> <laughs> and then we wrote a song called the long way round it was just hilarious um but yeah so I kind of started co-writing around you know 2017 2016 yeah, yeah. well I guess writing with Elliot sparked off the the co-writing for mm-hmm. me um but yeah and uh yeah just hilarious but yeah I wanted to make sure I kept on co-writing and obviously it was made easier because everything got switched to zoom because there was no choice so yeah. I could co-write with people in Nashville yeah. without having to leave my house you know yeah. or you know before the pandemic I was driving like an hour or two hours or whatever just to do a writing session um so obviously zoom has made that a lot easier yeah for sure um, yeah, zoom's yeah. definitely made things super easy and as much as the pandemic sucked it opened yeah. up a lot of people's uh um um like doors i guess I, yeah that's not the yeah. word i wanted to use but just like the different all the new people that you work with and yeah all, yeah it, it's been absolutely amazing like had it not been for the pandemic we probably wouldn't be having this podcast right now i'd be yeah it, over here somewhere just doing it in person with somebody here locally in texas where i'm based out of so yeah it's cool. that's kind of how it was um yeah. that's awesome so pandemic hits puts your uh, plans of going back to nashville on hold taking music <laughs> full-time on hold and yeah. obviously i was going to say this earlier i think just you mentioned before the pandemic that you were like a serious planner you like to have everything kind of in the in written at least written out so you kind of knew had yeah. a roadmap to where you were going Mm-hmm. I used to be the exact same way. And then the music industry in general just beat that out of me. But <laughs> now it's like, I'll get a phone call in 20 minutes saying, Hey, you want to go to the show? Sure. Let's go. Like, yep. I, I don't plan anything anymore. And it's just, it sucks. Cause I really enjoyed knowing where I was going. Yeah. But between the music industry in general and 2020, it's like, yep, you can't plan anything. So, <laughs> but it's, it's sad. But <laughs> sorry. Oh, so um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, you released a couple of singles during 2020, 2021, uh, mm-hmm. during the pandemic and yeah, uh, bringing up to present day, the new single that you just released on Friday, which is when it comes to leaving. Yeah. Uh, what's the story behind this song? So this was written on Zoom um, during the, during one of the four, I think we had four lockdowns, oh, or yeah. three lockdowns here in the UK. <laughs> So during one of the many lockdowns here in the UK, uh, uh, with a girl called Jess Whiston, and basically I had this Zoom session with her booked in and I was really kind of thinking about what I, you know, what I wanted to write about for that session. And I kind of came up with this idea of that feeling of when you leave someone you love or a place you love Mm and how for like a little while all you want to do is stay and you just really don't want to go and Mm -hmm. I guess I experienced that quite a lot because my so my fiance lives in Jersey in the Channel Mm -hmm. Islands so it's a 45 minute flight to go and see him yeah um so for the past eight years I've been back and forth back and forth uh and it's you know it can be quite unsettling and Mm -hmm. it is sometimes it's really hard and that feeling of leaving the people you love, you know, I'm leaving him or I'm leaving, you know, my friends there and then I'm, or I'm leaving my family here and my friends Mm. here. And it's just like that feeling is hard. It's a hard feeling and Mm. I have it all the time. Uh, So I actually wrote the song with Jess and then it ended up being my source of comfort on the plane. So it would be the song I'd listen to on the plane to kind of psych myself up for the change that was coming of being somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then I just thought, oh my gosh, if I, if this gives me comfort, maybe, maybe it'll give someone else comfort in their time of need as well. So yeah. So that's kind of why I decided to release it in the end. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, 
you wrote this during one of the many lockdowns. Uh, how, how, when did you record Like what? Yeah. When did you end up recording it? Obviously not in a lockdown situation, but when did, how long no. did you record this? I literally, right. So my friend, Tim, who produced it, Tim Potty mm. Jones, uh, I basically sent him a message in March and mm. I said, look, I've got this song. I want to get it out in May. 27th of May I want it to come out do you think we can make this happen in that mm-hmm. short amount of time so so if I give you the deadline of the 8th of April this was maybe like 5th of March or something mm-hmm. I was like so you've got one month like we've got one month to do this and mm-hmm. he was like yeah totally totally doable this is how much it'll be for the track I'll get all the instrumentation done you can come and do the vocals when it's ready to do vocals mm-hmm. and I was like okay sweet and then um and then I said, oh, please, can you make sure if you're going to use session musicians, use my guitarists he's in my band, and my bass player is always in my band, you know, because I didn't want him to not use them because, you know, they deserve to be part of the record, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So he basically, I think it was maybe three weeks later, yeah. I went and did the vocals and it was like this, obviously he kept me in the loop as we went and he was like, you know, this is what it sounded like so far. And, you know, and I had like a guitar idea I wanted him to add in, um, and just some of the things I heard, I kept like sending to him and yeah, we just kind of did it. So we did it remotely apart mm-hmm. from the vocals, which I went in to do and yeah. And then, yeah, I've had it done, got it done actually by the 6th of April. Okay. And that's when it went to mixing. So yeah. So then Adrian worked his magic and, and it was done. And then I uploaded it 8th of April and then it came out 27th of May. So awesome. That's, yeah. That's really <laughs> quick. Like that's, not quite Nashville speed to get stuff done, but still that's really quick for yeah. um, just in general to re- put a single together. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was really umming and ahhing, you know, oh, is this the right one to release? And and then I was just like, do you know what? Stop thinking about it and go with the songs that you have connection to, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what I was doing. And I, I also was kind of like, do I want it to be country? Cause my last song was more pop. So mm-hmm. I was like, is it bad to dip my toe back into country a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I was like, the song suits like a Stevie Nicks kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's what we're going to go for. So yeah, I sent him some reference, tr- reference tracks of like Stevie Nicks, a bit of Marin Morris, a bit mm-hmm. of, um, Tenniel Towns, mm-hmm. basically these hardcore female powerhouses yeah. <laughs> that I love. So, yeah. So yeah. And then it was born and it was just, yeah, it was a wicked process. I mean, it was so quick. I was so impressed and obviously it needed to be because I'd given him mm. this deadline, but yeah, it just, it's great. I love, I, I love the song and I'm really proud of the song. So yeah. Awesome. Was there a specific moment that you kind of had that realization to stop double guessing yourself when it came to releasing songs or was oh gosh, it- I, I do it all the time. Honestly, oh. I second guess myself all the time. So now I, and especially, I think it's since the pandemic, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, before the pandemic, I was a lot more sure on what my vision was, where I wanted mm-hmm. to go, or I feel I was then maybe, but, but no, I definitely am very much now like, what am I doing? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? But then it's also very easy to get in, you know, get other people's opinions mm-hmm. in your head, you know, and, and write something not for you anymore, but mm-hmm. for, oh, they might like this, you know, whereas that kind of reduces your authenticity and you mm-hmm. need to just write for you mm-hmm. and then hopefully put it out in the universe and hopefully, hopefully they'll love it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, focusing sure. on that a little yeah. bit more, just what, you know, what feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, as long as you continue to listen to that kind of a callback to earlier when you said you're still yeah. trying to figure out what kind of music, what kind of sound you want to have as a musician. I think yeah. as long as you continue to listen to yourself and be authentic to who you are, I mm-hmm. I don't think like a genre really matters. Like you'll just kind of be Emily Faye. Like that's, yeah, that, you know, it, cause in this day and age in music, there's so many subcategories of mm-hmm. like country mm-hmm. mu- You like, so you have country music, but then there's a thousand subcategories yeah. of, well, we're yeah, not yeah. really country music, but yeah. you know, so it's, it's interesting. So as long as you stay authentic to you and don't really yeah. worry about, you know, Oh, is this too country? Is this not country enough? Is this too pop? Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. you'll be all right. So. Yeah, totally. That's what everybody said, you know, just stop putting yourself in a box and just do what you want to do. Like, I mean, look at Taylor Swift, she's done whatever she wants to do mm-hmm. all along the line, you know? So yeah. 
she's done a bit of everything really apart from yeah. like heavy rock yeah. <laughs> so yeah so I was just like do you know what yeah I'm just gonna do what I want to do and see what happens yeah mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely like there's a musician that's uh based out of Atlanta Georgia that I had on the podcast a little over a month ago mm -hmm. she had just released a new single and somebody put her in the box of new disco yeah which it like you listen to the song it's like okay I get like I don't know maybe maybe it's disco I don't really know and she's like I wasn't trying to be a <laughs> disco queen but maybe yeah. I am I don't know but it's just interesting because I think a lot of people feel this need to put things in categories so yeah. they know how to feel about it which mm -hmm. is unfortunate but it's a uh, yeah I really enjoy when it comes to leaving it's a good song I've oh, was playing it all morning as I was <laughs> making breakfast and uh kind of running through your playlist and stuff so it's a really cool song and I really dig your vibe and can't wait to see what you got coming up as far as oh, like new music you. um you'd mentioned that you have the aspiration of doing a full album it, <laughs> what, what, what's that one day okay. one day yeah I'm not sure when because it's expensive to record music mm. you know but um yeah is, that's the dream the ultimate is dream. finances kind of like the big hurdle that you're trying to overcome or is there something else why you haven't started working yeah. towards that goal yeah it's mainly just um just the t it's mostly just the money you know um how much it costs to put a single out you mm -hmm. know and um obviously with streaming you're not getting recouping as much mm -hmm. as much of that mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's the main thing for me really but i have a uh i've started a secret song club on patreon which mm -hmm. is where people can pay five pounds a month um to get like two secret demos from me a mm -hmm. month and they also get all this other bonus stuff like videos like that nobody else has access to mm -hmm. And they also get to hear my singles first and have a decider on what the next song should be and things. Mm. So, yeah, so that really helps in terms of that, you know, any money from that will go straight into new music and just mm. fill up the pots, you know? So, yeah, so that was a way, a way of kind of creating this monthly income from music. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a bit of everything for me. It's finances and also knowing what the next song is going to be and mm. have I written one that's good enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if I was going to do an album, I'd, I'd probably want to have maybe 70 songs to choose mm. from yeah. or, you know, a, like a, a huge amount of songs to yeah. choose from to make sure the very best ones are on the album. Yeah, because yeah. so how many songs do you have? Like if you had a book of written songs, how many songs would you say you have right now? Hmm, right now... I'd probably have a hundred and something. Okay. Um, but obviously some of those have been released already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd probably have, and also some of those probably wouldn't be that good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I do this thing called five minute song Friday on my um, Instagram. So every Friday I write a song in five minutes and I set a timer and the audience gives me a subject and I set this timer and off I go and I write a song in five minutes, just like a verse and chorus. Mm -hmm. And that has opened up, well, my song Summer Feeling was born from a song from that challenge. Mm -hmm. And I've also written a song um, that went down really well about a PlayStation. So nice. yeah, so those two songs I finished. But if you think about maybe I've done 47 songs so far on that, mm -hmm. two I've finished. Two have been good enough to finish in my oh, opinion. Well. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, it really is kind of, um, yeah, it really takes a few songs to to have a few gems, you mm -hmm. know? Oh yeah, for gems sure. In there. Yeah. How did you come up with that idea of like the five minute songwriting session? Because I've not seen anybody do that. Like I've seen a couple of people yeah. do, like they'll write a new song every day and it's usually just like what you said, a verse chorus, but yep. they just come on and perform the song on Facebook Live or whatever it is. And that's kind of it. But how did you come up with the idea of doing a five minute songwriting session? Yeah, so... Basically, I think I was I was in isolation because I just flown to, flown from from the UK to Jersey in the in before like in between one of the lockdowns, mm -hmm. and I had to isolate. So I was in isolation for like ten days or whatever, and I basically ended up like going on my Instagram, just being like, "Somebody give me a challenge to do. Like, somebody give me some challenges." Mm -hmm. So someone wrote write a song about coffee. So I basically just like sang this this song on Instagram about coffee. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I was, they basically said to me, this is a fan. And he mm -hmm. basically said, 
um, you should do this, like set a timer for five minutes and write a song. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll do that. Start, you know, I'll start doing that. So every Friday I started to do that. And then I was like, I'm going to do it for a year. So obviously there's been some Fridays where I've been too busy or I've been mm. traveling or whatever. So I haven't done a song. So mm. I'm on like number, I think I said 47. I think it's 47. When yeah. I get to 52, I'm going to kind of let the audience decide if they want me to continue that feature or if it's time for something new. But mm. I have a feeling they're going to want me to continue it and I'm going to be like, oh God, <laughs> for another year. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's so good for my songwriting brain. It mm. really is. So yeah. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes and it gives you the ability to kind of adapt and it expands your creative palette. Yep, that's the yeah. word I'm going to roll with, which is really cool. It sounds like you'd almost need to, uh, every Sunday we release a songwriting prompt. It's something that I started doing about six months ago because I'd come on this podcast and ask musicians, so where are you kind of at creatively? And mm -hmm. it seemed like everyone was like, well, I'm kind of in a creative funk right now. I'm, I'm yeah. like songwriter's block, whatever it is. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and change that. And so I would made up this really basic looking graphic and I just put in write a song about whatever and I release yeah. it every Sunday now so I'm still oh, waiting cool. for somebody to write something good enough that they or they feel is good enough to record or play yeah. or anything what's today's but, one then uh I have not released it yet but okay. a little sneak peek is write a song about a haunted bakery a haunted bakery Ooh, okay yeah maybe right, I'll so put that on my on my list for Friday yeah. then it's one of those things where it's uh some of them are really easy. Like I think a couple, like maybe it was right around Valentine. I don't remember exactly when I released this one, but it was a uh, write a love song without referencing the word love. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it like that, that one I feel like is pretty common, like, uh, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, awesome. it's been fun for me to, cause now I'm kind of deep in the, uh, deep in the archives of okay what what can we get them to write about because i got a lot of the uh, like common ones out there now it's like yeah. all right let's start diving deep and make this interesting so yeah i've never had haunted bakery before i've had what have i done i've done the biscuit aisle i've done playstation i've done yeah. sausage and mash i've done like rainfall you know yeah. english weather you know i've done all of those yeah. but never haunted bakery that's brilliant <laughs> it was one that I've wanted to put out for a while, but then I was just like, man, maybe that's just too specific or, you know, whatever. But yeah. I, it's just like, you know what, this week, let's put it out there. So, yeah, well, I feel like you could write about like at night when the lights go off in the bakery, yeah. all the food comes alive or something. Yeah. <laughs> That'd but be funny. It, you said that the, the PlayStation song that you wrote during this five minute writing session, that was one that you ended up actually finishing, right? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, because it went down so well. Everyone was like, you have to finish it. You have to finish it. So I did. Yeah, and there's a video. I think it's on YouTube, actually, or on my Instagram for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go find this because I'm all about the PlayStation. So yeah, well, so basically, my fiance, he has he has a PlayStation 5. And uh -huh. um, I actually wrote the song kind of as if the PlayStation 5 was another woman, uh -huh. uh, basically. So yeah, that's all I was saying. You can, okay. <laughs> you gotcha. can check it out. I'm going to go find this one and check it out. That's awesome. So um, so you're kind of going through this, I don't want to say creative word vomit, but that that's just kind of mm -hmm. my lack of words this morning. Uh, <laughs> as, as you're writing, doing the five-minute songwriting sessions, and then just kind of like your normal normal creative outlet of writing, doing co-writes, songwriting, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Um and you're working towards this full length album, which is you're, you're trying to find the right songs, but you're also concerned because it's a streaming world right now, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. all very interesting. What are you kind of doing as far as like live shows right now? Are you, do you have a lot of shows on the books or, cause I think that's kind of where you'll find the value of having a full album is totally. Going, yeah like is is touring it right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so so at the moment a lot of the like festivals and a lot of the uh kind of events that are happening here are still being carried over from 2020 mm -hmm. um so i didn't really apply for for any festivals or anything this year because i kind of just thought i just really want to write some songs and and really 
plan Mm. (laughs) plan what I'm going to do and what I'm going to release next and then tour and play gigs when I've got something new to sell and to release so obviously I've done this single I mean it could be that I do a couple more singles and put them all on a CD Mm -hmm. it could be that you know I maybe earn enough money to be able to fund this album or in some way Mm -hmm. manage to fund an album um because that would be amazing and then exactly I would book a tour book everything I need Mm. to in order to promote the album so yeah so that's kind of partly why because I didn't have much going on in terms of newness you know and Mm -hmm. everybody wants the next new exciting thing all the time um that was kind of why I was a bit hesitant on booking loads of like festivals Mm -hmm. um because I just really wanted to want to focus on the next steps like you Mm -hmm. said and yeah yeah, and just kind of work out where I'm going what I'm doing since the pandemic really um and obviously I'm always creating, always writing and then doing covers gigs as well. It's like bread and butter mm. as well now. Yeah. Um, now they're back. So yeah, I'm just kind of trying to find my feet again, I suppose, mm. still a bit after the pandemic because it, yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of suffered from that really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think also my confidence, you know, going back out to do a show after the pandemic, after having not done one for so long mm. in person was an amazing feeling yeah. like, the best feeling ever on stage but then also quite daunting at the same mm. time mm-hmm. because it was just a lot you know um and you didn't have the comfort of your laptop being there for lyrics if you wanted them to be for example um but yeah I but but it is great to be back doing what you love you know it's so great to be back and I, I love live shows I absolutely yeah. love them um you just I think at some some point there comes a point where you have to treat yourself and your music as a business otherwise mm-hmm. you just end up losing so much money yeah. um you know so there's festivals that pay like 50 pounds for a full band and i'm just like i, I can't no. pay my session musicians 10 pounds each yeah. are you kidding me you know i just can't i can't afford gas to do co- that gas costs more than that right now exactly like- exactly you know yeah. and i'm just like you know i can take that 50 pound gig if it's just me and I mm-hmm. decide to do that for me mm-hmm. because I think, you know, I might be in front of somebody who's important or whatever, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, my rent costs a certain amount and it's not going to be paid in exposures. It's, <laughs> it's, it's paid yep. by money like everybody yep. else, like a plumber needs to be paid like a, yep. you know, so that's also something I've been really kind of trying to be really strict on the gigs that I do take um, to make sure that I am covering every cost because for years, you know, especially in the beginning, I just took whatever I could, you mm-hmm. know, every opportunity there was, I was there mm-hmm. and I was just exhausted and had no money. So <laughs> yep. it was just, yeah, really tough, really tough. It's, it's such a tough industry. Um, you have to just really kind of be strict with yourself and put some boundaries in place mm-hmm. and, and yeah, just really kind of, yeah, literally be strict. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do at the moment. I'm trying to be businesswoman, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's, for somebody that's naturally creative, it's mm. really hard to have that yeah. transition and be like, okay, this is a business. We need to mm-hmm. try and make money at any way we can without jeopardizing our creative balance and wanting yeah. to get out there and perform and interact with the people that support us. But on the other side, it's like, if I can't pay my bills this month, yeah. then I what am I doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I always, for years, I was really unsure about doing covers, you know, covers gigs Mm. in pubs Mm -hmm. or whatever, because I was just really kind of like, I just don't want to be doing covers. You know, Mm -hmm. I just really don't enjoy doing that. But then now I'm like covers, if covers are bread and butter, you know, and pay for my next single, then I need to do that. You know, that's what I need to do. And I guess that's something the pandemic taught me as well. You you do whatever you need to do to get by. Right. Mm. So my friend, she, she owns a bakery. So I literally mm. took loads of shifts in her bakery oh, to help her out as well, because it was just madness in the pandemic for her as well. You know, so I basically just did whatever I could to get through, started mm. my own company in the social media vibe mm-hmm. and um, yeah, literally so, did whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you found a way to survive, which is amazing. Like the fact that yeah. you were willing to take those bakery shifts to help out your front mm. mm. and the fact that she could afford to bring you in and pay you for your time is yeah. really awesome. Cause I know here in the States, a lot of yep. small businesses like that, they couldn't afford to mm-hmm. bring anybody mm-hmm. else on. So it was just nine times out of 10, it was the owner themselves kind yep. of running everything and just like, yep. yeah. 
so yeah totally in the beginning I think that's what it was for them and then I basically just said if you have any shifts <laughs> I'd mm-hmm. love to <laughs> yeah. I'd love to get some pocket money <laughs> yeah, for sure. so I did that but then you know in the beginning when I when I first when I left university I was working five jobs just to stay in London mm-hmm. and do music at the same time and I was exhausted I was absolutely exhausted mm-hmm. and I just remember being so tired and I wasn't enjoying anything because I was just so tired and working all these jobs mm. just to do the one thing I mm. love, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you do make sacrifices, you know, you really do. in in if, when it comes to music. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you'd mentioned that you, you kind of balance doing like solo gigs and band gigs. W- what's kind of the percentage? Are you doing more solo gigs right now? Or are you doing more full band gigs? Um, I would say mostly solo or duo. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of money, you know, mm-hmm. if the gig is 300 pounds and that that's good for two of us, but it's mm-hmm. not good for a full band. So yeah, I just really, really want to make sure that the people who are playing with me get paid yeah. basically, yeah. because, you know, it's just not, it's just not fair if they don't, mm-hmm. it's just not yeah. fair. They're making yeah. a living and they're bringing something massive to my, my image, I suppose. And my, mm-hmm my band and my sound so they deserve to be paid mm-hmm. <laughs> end of story really so yeah so mostly it's either solo or duo um but i love a full band gig so yeah. we did the wedding last night full band which yeah. was just epic nice. um it was so good it was, was such a good feeling was that in london or where was the full wedding it was yeah the wedding was in nottingham yeah okay gotcha yeah it was great uh, not a hundred percent kind of like the middle of england okay kind gotcha. of, yeah <laughs> i i'm trying my best to learn as i bring in more uh uk yeah. artists and it's like all right they say they're from here let me take a mental note of that figure out like where on the map it is yeah and you know it's funny you brought up jersey earlier and mm. uh beginning of the pandemic we had a band from jersey come on the oh, podcast cool. and chat and yeah oh, was, amazing so that was the one place that i knew and when you yeah. said that you had to fly over there, it's like, <laughs> yep, that makes sense. And oh, brilliant. One quick. So anytime you went over to Jersey during the, during the last couple of years, did you have to stay in quarantine every time? Yeah. So, I mean, the rules changed depending on where mm-hmm. you were. So mm-hmm. if you were in like a green country in Amber, but mm-hmm. then they, then they changed it to specific county. Mm-hmm. So, so I was at my mum and dad's in Northamptonshire so that that area one time was green another Mm. time was amber Mm. another time was red so if it was red i'd have to quarantine for 10 days and have a pcr test three times yeah if it was amber i'd have to quarantine for five and have three pcrs if it was green i'd have to have two pcrs and no quarantine Mm. or quarantine until the first result Yeah. yeah So it wasn't, it was a massive faff basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it is at work right now, depending on what city you work in. Yeah. Um, Depends on if you have to go to work, if you have to wear a mask when you're at work. So like we're green, we're good. We can walk in, not have to wear a mask. As long as we're vaccinated and whatnot. um, Yeah. You don't have to wear a mask, but if you're yellow or red, then you got to wear a mask or. Even now. Yeah. Even now. Wow. So it's a, uh, luckily we've been ever since we returned back from work, we've been green. So it's like, it's been good, but there's some place, some cities that my company uh, has offices in that have been red for the wow. entire time. So it's oh like, man, that's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Everything here is, there's no rules anymore, really. Nice. Apart from, I think, I think some companies like opticians and dentists mm. still like to wear a mask or whatever but yeah yeah apart from that there's they're pretty much gone awesome um, awesome but uh you'd mentioned <laughs> so we were talking a little bit before about the full-length album i just kind of wanted to bring up i think you're a lot closer to this album than you think you are like especially <laughs> if you look at like all the songs you've released over the last six years yeah, yeah six years you know even if you take out the ep that you released and just kind of everything from 2019 forward i think you mm-hmm. have you're a lot closer to this album than you think you are. And it's just trying to get over that, the, the mind scare that is, Oh, yeah. if we release a full album on Spotify, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's, yeah. I think it's also, I'd want to do it fully justice with the promotion, you know, with mm-hmm. the PR, with everything that comes with, you know, everything, the recording and mm-hmm. the, the writing and the recording 
is the easiest part really mm. it's everything else it comes with you know the pr the booking the shows the mm. doing the album yeah. justice you yep. know that yep. that is the bit that terrifies me that i'm that i've you know spent all this time and money and everything on this product that doesn't get the d- justice it deserves yeah. you know um so yeah that's definitely something i need to get over and just go for it but <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll see completely understood yeah. um so what's kind of the plan moving forward with the rest of 2022 you've got the new single that's out now obviously it's yeah. been a few days what's going like it'd be interesting to find out what's going through your mind now as you look forward for the rest yeah. of 2022 yeah so yeah obviously the new single's out there and i'm basically already thinking about the next one you know as soon as as soon as that single was done i was already thinking what's next <laughs> and when and what am I meant to Before be doing it was even and released? yes yeah yeah as soon as I uploaded it it was like right what's next you know mm-hmm. and that you know that's just the way you have to be you know everybody mm-hmm. wants new stuff all the time um so yeah so I'm just thinking about the next single have I written it yet you know is is what I have written the right thing mm-hmm. you know just thinking about that and I basically just want to write loads of songs mm-hmm. I just want to write yeah. write write and um you know, work hard throughout the summer, you know, and Mm. the winter, like December and hopefully release something before the new year, Mm. something else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that would be my goal probably to release one more song at least before the end of the year. And also I was toying with the idea of doing like an autumn tour. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously that would have to coincide with new music. So yeah, yeah, we will see what happens. Awesome. (laughs) Are you, would you, are you thinking more something towards the end of summer or just kind of like whenever you feel like you have something ready? Um, I'm thinking maybe autumn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So taking the summer to write and network and do all the things I've got to do and record whatever song it may be. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So outside of music, like when you need to escape mm. or just kind of decompress from life, what are your hobbies? What do you do outside of music? I I love running. Mm. I also love doing like hit workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love just walking, like spending time in nature. Like mm. it's one of my huge hobbies. Or I also do cold water swimming whenever I'm in Jersey. So in the wind, like all year round, we go swimming mm. every Sunday with a group of friends. Mm. And if I'm there, obviously I go, yeah. um, which is just, I think, really good for your mental health mm-hmm. um and yeah that's that's pretty much all the things that i love to do nice. um and see friends and all of that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> for sure and one it's an interesting common thread i've noticed uh with a lot of musicians is that they like to be outside whether yeah. in nature or just being outside what, what do you think the draw is why do you think that's such a common thread between all musicians i think being out in nature just gives you like clarity mm-hmm. um kind of peace of mind and helps you reconnect with your thoughts a little mm-hmm. bit that's mm-hmm. i mean that's what it does for me it really just cuz uh, cuz realistically being a musician now you're also a content creator mm-hmm. you're putting stuff out on all the social medias all the time mm-hmm. and you're you're comparing yourself all the time because it's really mm-hmm. hard to keep those blinkers on when you're scrolling through tiktok yeah. or whatever yeah. And I think just taking, leaving your phone at home and going outside in nature and reconnecting with your true self and what you are doing, what you mm. want to be doing, where you want to be, you know, be in five years time or six mm. months time or whatever, yeah. um, just really massively helps. It also traveling, traveling mm. and being out in nature, connecting with people is what makes you feel inspired again. You know, yeah. whatever reignites your inspire flame, I suppose, um, is what, what I think is really most important to do. So yeah. yeah, traveling is another one, like just having some space from, from being at home or being in the areas you usually are mm-hmm. can just completely open up a different world of ideas in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I, and as you say that, that all makes sense. Cause like the idea of disconnect or disconnecting yourself from everything and just kind of yeah. being with yourself is, mm-hmm. would be very, a very huge draw for me if I were a musician, like just being a creative mm. in general. Like I enjoy going to sit out on the back porch because I live right ne- right in front of a uh, dry riverbed. Cool. So just kind of going yeah. out there and 
listening to the birds chirp and just kind of being out there it's it's really peaceful and just kind of calms me down from the noise of everything so yeah exactly and I think as well when you when you do music and say you do a live show Mm -hmm. and then you you're like high on this adrenaline afterwards Mm -hmm. right and then eventually you come down or whatever and then you go to sleep or whatever and then going back out into nature to reconnect and kind of takes away some of that adrenaline and just kind of restores you, you know, recharges your own battery. Mm. And I think that's so important. Um, especially if you're a vocalist, cause you know, if you're tired, you're going to hear that when you sing, mm. you just literally are like, if you're tired or dehydrated and haven't drunk enough water, yep. the vocal cords are the last thing that get hydrated. So yep you have to just be on it all the time. (laughs) That's one thing I learned early on during the pandemic was I need to drink a lot more water. And so now it's always, okay, here we go. (laughs) But no, that's really cool and amazing. Um, One thing that I want to do, because I don't want to take up much more of your time because it is Sunday afternoon for you. I'm sure it's the weather's, what's the weather like right now, usually in the UK? Is it nice compared Mm. to what it usually is or is it raining? Uh, it it's okay right now like it's sunny sunny cloudy but like Mm -hmm. 12 degrees but but i mean it's much it's supposed to be nicer in the summer but it Mm -hmm. kind of in the uk it just it does rain a lot like it's true what they say it does rain a lot but like drizzle rain Mm -hmm. not like pouring rain yeah so yeah, it's kind of like you just don't know what you're going to get each day at the moment, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> for anybody listening, she means 12 degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yes, yes. For all yes, the American yes, listeners out there. Because <laughs> I heard that and I was like, yep, she, yep, clarify that one for anybody <laughs> that doesn't realize. But um, that's awesome. So before we leave, before I kind of wrap this up, we have a game that we like to play on okay. our podcast. It is called Rapid Fire Randomness. Okay. So I have a random question generator sitting right in front of me and we're going to just rapid fire off some of these questions and just answer them as quickly as you can. Don't put too much thought into it because this isn't the SATs, but yeah, just it's fun, lighthearted. So if you're ready, Ready. we'll start going. What would cause you to want, what would cause you to want to shut off a movie or show? Somebody talking or eating popcorn too loudly. (laughs) would you consider yourself more of a dreamer or a doer both i'd say is that loud (laughs) yeah that's fair uh when on a zoom meeting do you typically have your video on or off usually on what do you love most about your significant other his laid backness i love it and i hate it I love it most of the time, hate it some of the time. <laughs> you, you love to hate it? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Would you rather be invincible to extreme heat or extreme cold? Ooh, extreme cold. Explore. Yeah. Ooh, this is a nice deep one. So hopefully this doesn't take too long to answer, but why is your best friend your best friend? There's many reasons. <laughs> um, Mostly, I think selflessness, generosity, and kindness. Those are the main three qualities, I would say, that I'm just grateful for in my best friend. If you had to write a biography about yourself, what would it say? Or what would some of the highlights be? Let's kind of keep um, it more concise. Question. I think if I, if I had to write a biography, I would do it with a subject so I would go and do all these like 10 challenges and then I'd write how I found each challenge and what I learned about myself along the way something Mm -hmm. cool like that it would have to be planned and interesting (laughs) awesome by default are you more introverted or extroverted Hmm. I'm definitely a people person I would probably say extroverted but then some days I'm just like no nobody bother me (laughs) so (laughs) So maybe like hmm, 60, 40 or 70, 30. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, would you rather live without color or without taste? Oh, oh no. I love food. But I love color. I'd, I'd go without taste. Go without taste because I love color too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it would be, it'd have to almost be taste because then that way I'd start eating better and not have to worry about it. 
Well, exactly. Yeah, that's true. It's a good way Uh, of thinking. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Would would you, okay, we'll end it on this question. Uh, Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? Ooh, probably how. I'd rather know how than when. I think. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's rapid fire randomness. These are great questions. A lot of new questions this week or this podcast, and we've never had any of those questions, which is (laughs) funny and cool. The fact that they're updating the database makes it interesting. So um, awesome. But I really enjoyed uh, the time we've had with you. Uh, For anybody, what's your upcoming show schedule looking like? Are you playing once a week, twice a week? What is your schedule looking like right now? I am currently just planning planning the next shows so i don't have a specific schedule mm-hmm. for for my original stuff for covers i'm playing quite often but for originals which are the the best shows to come out mm-hmm. to <laughs> awesome, um awesome. the the yeah they'll be updated on my website soon okay cool yeah I, i'm hoping to make it out to the uk in september oh cool that, that is the very va- that's the furthest i've planned right now just because to get to the UK, there's a couple of things that I have to do before I can, mm-hmm. I, that's not something I can do in a week or yeah. in a quick turn like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping to come out and attend the uh, British Country Music Festival. Nice. That's, cool. That's what we're hoping. Like somebody brought it up to me and was like, oh, let me go look at the lineup. And I knew like five or six people on there. And I was like, yeah. that'd be cool. Like, l- let me see if I could make this work. And luckily- cool a trip to London isn't as expensive as I thought it would be. It's still mm-hmm, expensive. Great. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. like, like instead of a couple of thousand us dollars, it's not quite that bad. So yeah. Brilliant. That's uh, good. Awesome. But uh, if anybody wants to check out your music or interact with you on socials or find your upcoming show schedule, where's the best place to do that? Yep. So on all social media, I'm Emily Faye music. Um, Pretty much. If you just type in Emily Faye Music, I'll come up and my website will come yeah. up as well. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. <laughs> Except on Facebook, you're the Emily Faye Music. I know. That- Fa- Emily Faye Music was already stolen on Facebook, so I had to do the Emily Faye Music. <laughs> every, every time I was posting it on Facebook that we had the podcast covering up, I was like, Emily Faye Music, why is it popping up? And then I Sorry. have to go back and like, oh, the Emily. The earlier, yeah, <laughs> had to keep you on your toes, you know. <laughs> it was, and then of course I go to like Twitter and all that stuff, and it's like, oh, Emily Faye music, it works, like it yeah. should. But yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, yeah. and then uh, one last question: What advice do you have for the young musicians out there? Um, I would say stay authentic to you. Focus, you know, put your blinkers on and focus on you and your journey and what's meant for you is meant for you. What's meant for someone else is meant for them. You know, and just mm-hmm. work hard to create, you know, working hard creates opportunity. Then you can take the opportunities, um, but nothing will come to you. You have to work hard. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Really enjoyed this conversation. Anytime you want to come me. back on, feel free to reach out or have Rachel or, you know, whoever. Uh, would love definitely love to have you back on um thank you everybody for tuning in if you're watching us live on twitch right now feel free to give us a follow if you're not following us or uh you can find the podcast if you came in the middle or missed something the podcast will be released tomorrow or uh may 30th for the people that aren't watching this live um Mm -hmm. it'll be released on apple itunes spotify podbean all the podcasting platforms and uh we will definitely be posting it on social and all that stuff but once again emily thank you so much for hanging out with us it's been an absolute blast thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later